Amen. Acts chapter 20. Acts the 20th chapter. Looking forward to this weekend. Great opportunity for us to reach out to people uh, that may not normally would feel comfortable coming to church, but a concert. We're just going to pray God moves in the back door while they're sitting unaware of what all is going on and pray that God moves and got, um, I think, a fairly large group that's coming from the Friends Church in Friendswood and uh, other church groups that are supposed to be here Saturday night. Great time for us to show um, uh, the love of God and uh, to represent the Lord in the way that we can. Acts chapter 20, verse 22, and down through verse 24. The story begins in verse 17, and uh, I'm not going to take time to read that part of it, but we will try to pick up here and there. But Paul had gone to Miletus and had sent to Ephesus for the elders to come and join him and when they came, he rehearsed with them all that he had done in his ministry, how he had not withheld anything and testified to both Jew and Gentile about repentance toward God and faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ. And then verse 22 reads like this. And now, behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. And the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. <clears throat> An extremely stirring passage of scripture to me. And I think what makes it have deeper value to me is that this was Brother Kilgore's last prayer that I remember him praying with us. He had called my brother and a couple of others to come and meet him for prayer. And this was what he said. It was his desire that he might finish his course with joy. And uh, I want to use that tonight and speak to you about finishing with joy. Amen. Finishing with joy. And the strange thing about it is you're not going to do that in a vacuum or in a perfect antiseptic environment. You're going to have to do that in the face of adversity. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we love you tonight. We thank you for your blessings and mercy. Thank you for your good people. I pray that you would anoint me tonight and give me the liberty, Lord, to speak your word. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. If you and I could choose how life would be for us, 
I dare say that even now and in the future, none of us would have chosen many of the things that we have been strapped with and we are living through right now or we are facing in the future. If you and I had the opportunity to choose and pick, certainly we would have chosen a little different pathway to have traveled. One less rocky, one less troublesome, one less heartbreaking. But we live in the dark a lot. We live in the dark. And that is not always a joyful thing to do unless you understand how to live in the dark. Paul's journey toward Jerusalem had brought him to the port of Melita. And being close to Ephesus, he called for the elders to come and meet him there. And he takes time to rehearse with them how that he had served the Lord with all humility and he had given himself completely. He had held nothing back. I have kept nothing back that was profitable to you, but I have given you all that God has given to me. The journey that was before him was not to be without great hazard and danger and even peril. Paul himself was acutely aware of where he was going and what was before him. To compound that, in every place that he found himself on this journey to Jerusalem, the spirit of prophecy met him in that city and foretold and testified of the hardships that awaited him when he got to Jerusalem. And Paul describes his life in these stark terms. I go bound. I go bound. No choice as a conscript into the future. In some sense, even forced to go. He said, I am bound to face this future, whatever it may be, I cannot stand still, I cannot go back, I can only go forward. And so I choose to go forward. And for all of us tonight, it seems that in life we too are bound to some things. We cannot escape them. We can't get away from them. Heartache, heartbreak, disappointment, suffering, pain, unexpected circumstances. We cannot change them, we cannot alter them, and we cannot avoid them. We can only move toward them. And yet though bonds and imprisonment were his prospect, And even the shadow of something darker than imprisonment was before him. Paul was able to say in all sincerity and with an unwavering and undaunted heart, none of these things move me. 
None of these things moved me. He had set his face steadfastly to go to Jerusalem, and it didn't matter what he knew or what he didn't know. He was still going. What an amazing and powerful place to be in life, and what an incredible way to live where you can say, none of these things move me. None. Everybody say none. Not one. None. None of these things, known or unknown. You see, there was a lot about Paul's future that he did know. And that was fearful enough. But what he didn't know could compound that fear to another level. But the things, and interesting, the word that is used in the Greek is logos, which speaks of schemes or plans or thoughts or words that would be spoken against him. Whatever, he said, in essence, whatever it is that's out there, I go bound. I am unmoved. None of these things disturb me. It means that none of them could make him or force him to do something that he did not want to do. They will not be the author of my life. They will not be the cause of my actions. They will not produce in me things that are unworthy. They will not make me do something I shouldn't do. That's a powerful statement that Paul makes. None of these things move me. Nothing that's before me, the, the known or the unknown, is going to force me to do something that is out of character with being a child of God. Nothing that I am facing is going to produce in me something that is unchristian or ungodly. Nothing is going to force me to be something that I have not always been in my Christian journey, and that is a servant of the Lord. It's not going to dislodge me. It is not going to stop me. It is not going to handicap me. It is not going to frustrate me. It will not anger me. It will not embitter me because I will not allow it to. Amen. I'm not afraid of what is ahead. What a powerful way to live. To be unafraid of what is out there, known or unknown. He was, he has overcome two of the greatest challenges that you will face in your life that steals joy and contentment and peace. And they are the known and the unknown. Amen. Amen. They are twins, and they disturb life, and they disrupt our life. And out of those come fear, doubt, and worry, and anxiety, and stress. And yet Paul looked at that future, and he said, that doesn't move me. That doesn't trouble me. It doesn't disturb me. 
It's not shaping my life. It's not going to form me to its will. I have other plans. God has other plans. And I will not succumb to its torture and its torment. You know, there are many people who are fearful tonight of what is ahead of us. And when you look around at our troubled world, the known and the unknown, you find yourself at times trembling. When you find yourself, as Paul did, in a place where you are unable to see or to perceive, to discern or to understand, to ascertain what is out there or what is not out there, and yet you can go forward with faith. You can live faithfully. You can live courageously. You can live consistently. You can live fearfully. That, my friend, is the secret that all of us need to discover. And he shows us how to live and how to face the future and the the known and the unknown. You know, when the doctor comes to you and said, well, you've got this diagnosis and and and, and this is what you have to look forward to. If we're not careful, we allow that to begin to drive our life. We allow that to begin to force us and choose for us attitudes and spirits and mindsets and dispositions that are often covered in darkness and fear and worry and anxiety. And yet Paul said that None of that moves me. It's not been able to get to me. It's not been able to penetrate my heart. Paul said, what I don't know is a lot. I I don't know what's going to all unfold in Jerusalem. I do know what the Spirit has prophesied. And whatever that has been, that's enough to cause anyone to tremble. But he said, this is what I do know. I'm still going. I'm not going back. I'm not quitting. I'm not turning around. I'm not giving up. I'm not going to get bitter. I'm not going to live angrily. I'm not going to live irritably. You know, some people, they're not angry. They're just irritable. All the time. They're, they're, they're like a prickly pear or a porcupine. You just got to be careful how you approach them. Because life is not always what we thought it would be. And yet Paul said, I'm going on. I am going to finish what God started in my life. I'm not going to stop short. I'm not going to give in or cave in to fear. And when he looked at the landscape of life, he decided that no matter what the future held, he knew who held the future. Amen. Sometimes we lose sight of that by the complications that come to us on a daily basis. Reports from doctors and bosses and, and, and family that completely turn life upside down. And, and we begin to live reservedly and fearfully and we panic and fear has a way of paralyzing us. It strangles the life out of us. And yet to be able to keep living by faith and to keep going on in peace that God is with me 
and that I will go nowhere that he is not already there. Isn't that a wonderful thing to consider that there is no place you're going to go in the future that God is not already there. He's there waiting on you to get there. So you don't have to fear what is out there. You just need to keep walking on with him knowing that whenever you get there, he's going to have it prepared to help you. Somebody needs to believe that tonight. Amen. I believe all of us need some divine conjunctions in our life. Amen. All of us need a neither or a but. Nevertheless, not even an option. I'm not turning back. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving in to fear. Paul was not perplexed by the uncertainty that was ahead of him. Even though he didn't know what was ahead of him, he knew who was ahead of him. And you know what? If most of us tonight could get our mind and our thoughts off of what is ahead of us and start considering who is ahead of us, we wouldn't be near as fearful to move in to the future that is before us. I don't know what tomorrow is going to hold. I don't even know what the rest of the year... I couldn't even tell you what the rest of the day is going to hold. But I know this, he's there. And that's all that matters to me. Because he didn't lead me this far to abandon me. He didn't lead me this place to let me find my way alone. He didn't lead me here to flounder in this hour. Now, I may not have made all the right choices along the way, but even when I have failed, he has never failed, and he has never given up on me. He has never taken his hand away from me. His hand is still working. It's still there, and he wants you and I to know, wherever you get out there, whatever that that is, whatever it is that you're looking toward. Health problems or financial problems or a future that's not as rosy as your prognosis had been or hoped to be or maybe your retirement portfolio isn't exactly what you wanted it to be. And yet when you get there, God's going to be there. And the same God that got you here is going to keep you there. That's how Paul could march into Jerusalem. It didn't matter what people said about him. It didn't matter how much they hated him. He knew how much God loved him because he had found a relationship that was so powerful that he was willing to sacrifice his own life because of somebody that loved him unquestioning, unabashedly. Somebody cared enough about him to give their very best. Paul said, I'm not going to hold anything back from somebody like that. Paul said, my goal is to finish and not be finished. Amen. That's a, that's something that most of us need, need to wake up to. Because sometimes the way we live, life is finishing us. <laughs> yeah, it, it's... It's one blow after another blow. And it's one disappointment after another. It's one loss after another loss. It's one failure after another failure. And yet that's not the will of God that we end our life that way. We've got to look beyond the moment and see what's in eternity. The God who brought us here is going to keep us there and he will take us through. And so Paul said, my goal right now is to finish what God started in my life. Amen. I want to finish. 
But I want to finish with joy. I, I don't want to just get across the line and say, whoa, man, I'm so glad I made it. Or when I was a kid, I remember testimony services, and thank God we don't do that anymore. But people would stand up and say, well, I want to pray, praise the Lord. The devil has been after me all day long. Praise his holy name. And, and I just pray that I can, I, if I can only make it in, if I can just get in by the skin of my teeth. And as a little young boy, mine, my mind was wondering, God, is it that hard to get to heaven? And yet some people live their life for God with that same mentality. You know what? I'm unworthy. I don't deserve anything. You're right. You don't. But he did it anyway. And if he did it anyway, why don't you enjoy it? Why don't you bask in it? Why don't you learn how to live in it? Why don't you learn how to function in the blessings that God has poured out abundantly on your life over and over again? has nothing to do with whether you deserve it or not. It has everything to do with who he is. He's just a good God that loves you and loves me and cares for where I am and more importantly, cares about where I'm going. Amen. None of this moves me, Paul said. I go bound, but that, that doesn't even bother me. That I am conscripted to this, this future. What I know is, I know the hand that wrote the script. Amen. And that's to me more important than knowing all the details of how the story's gonna end. Amen. I had a man tell me many years ago when I first started pastoring, He said, I have news for you, Brother Hughes. You're not going to get out of this world without a broken heart. And I've learned that that's a very true statement. But I'm not going to die of a broken heart. Amen. You're not going to get out of this world without disappointment, but I'm not dying from disappointment. You're not going to get out of this world without some pain, but I'm not dying from the pain. I plan to live in spite of the pain. I plan to live in spite of the disappointments. I plan to march right into Jerusalem alongside Paul and say, you know what? I don't know what's coming. I don't know what's there, but I know who's there. And as long as I know he's there, I can handle anything that might be there. And if you and I could understand that in our mind and spirit, we would quit living fearfully. And there would be a joy that would bubble up in our soul that would make me stand on my feet and say, hallelujah. Thank God for saving me. And more than that, thank God for keeping me all the way along life's journey. So what did Paul learn that we might need to learn about finishing with joy? What was important to Paul, I think, should be important to me. And I think the first thing, and I wrote this down. I don't even remember when I did wrote this down, but... The first thing that I noticed about this passage of Scripture is that if you're going to finish with joy, you're going to have to get over yourself. And you're going to have to not get caught up in self-issues. And by that I mean the fairness of life or the rightness or the wrongness of things that happen in your life. That I don't deserve this. Well, nobody really deserves anything, I don't think. I mean, there may be a few people that deserve bad stuff happening to them, but nobody really deserves that. 
That's not why it's happening, because you deserve it. It's just part and parcel of life. But what what Paul found to be the key to living with joy is that when you can die to yourself, you can't offend a dead man. You can't hurt a dead man. You can't wound a dead man. And when you and I learn the secret of dying to ourselves, it doesn't matter what's out there. You can live through any of it. You can't hurt a dead man. You can't offend a dead person. And if I can live in that place where I can die to myself, and Paul settled the life and death issues, he died to himself that he might live unto God. And that is one of the greatest keys to finishing this thing with joy, is to get over yourself. Amen. Now, I know that wounds our ego and that humbles our pride, but the truth is, I don't need a devil to be bad. I don't need a devil to be ugly. I I have a real good knack at doing that all by myself. Amen. But if I can ever get to an altar and get this old guy on that altar and die to me, it's amazing what doesn't matter from that point forward. It's amazing if I get the credit or I don't get the credit. When you die, when you live in that, he said, for me to die is Christ. To live is gain. Isn't it wonderful when you can get to the place that you can die and when you die, it's Christ? He is manifest in you. It's not you being seen anymore. It's not you that's being promoted anymore. But it's Him that's being elevated. It's Him that's being exalted. Wouldn't it be wonderful tonight if we can learn how again to just crawl in that place and die to ourself? Once you do that, the future, it doesn't matter. I can live through any of it. Man, I know that's not what you came to hear tonight, but that's what I need to hear. Because death to myself is the key to overcoming. The second thing that I noticed is that he said, I want to finish my course. The word course in the Greek that Paul used was indicative of the races. And and in in Paul's mind, there is no doubt if you read Corinthians, you, you will find that when he talked about racing and running the race, he understood the commitment and the level of sacrifice that was, that was a part of somebody who competed in the game. And when he said, I want to finish my course, what he was literally saying was, I want to stay on course. I want to make sure that I stay on the right road. It is impossible to finish this life with joy if you get off track. And there's a lot of things that can happen that can get you off track. Amen. Stay on track. I assure you that the price is worth the work and the effort and the fight of faith if you can just stay the course. Amen. This is... 
my course and I'm going to finish it. And like a good runner, Paul thought of the goal as the recompense of all of the labors of which he had been involved in for all the difficulties along the way that the goal, the achievement was going to be worth it all. I've come to learn this much about God. Whatever you have to live through, it'll be worth it. Amen. Every mile, every heartache, every tear, every disappointment, it will be worth it. Stay on course. The third thing that I noted when I read this passage is that you have to stay under the right influence. You have to stay under the right influence. Verse 23 said, Say that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city. There was a witness of the Spirit everywhere Paul went. It wasn't always confirming what he wanted to hear, but there was a witness. There was an attitude. There was a spirit that pervaded his life. I count not my life dear to myself, he said. None of these things move me. There are many, many ways, but there is only one that leads to joy. And that's when you keep the right attitude. Amen. Amen. Everybody say the right attitude. Stay under the right influence. How many times in my life, all that I really needed was a little attitude adjustment. And how that changes the perspective of life. You know, you can take a dime, small coin, And you can blot out the entire sun depending on its relationship to you and your eye. Something that small can become that big, it seems. It's important for you and I to understand that in life, if we're going to finish with joy, is to keep things in perspective. Because pain has a way of distorting life. Disappointment has a way of distorting life. Hurt has a way of distorting life. Disappointments, heartbreak, that has a way of skewing life that, so, so that when you look through the lens of life, you're not seeing life as it really is. I, I, I've noticed over the last few years, I'm developing cataracts and, and I've noticed as they progress that, that, it's amazing how it affects your ability to see what, what, what you need to see and to, to view things in their proper, things become jaded. I remember my brother telling me, he said, oh my word, I, I had, I had my cataracts removed. He said, I had no idea how beautiful the world was because it had become so drab and so ugly because what was wrong with his eyes had, had begun to affect. And, and so his mind begins to interpret what he's seeing as man. Life is just dull. It's ugly. It's, it's, it's bad. I mean, it, it, you know, all the cats are gray. <laughs> and then God does work on your eyes and all of a sudden all the colors are there. The, the beauty. That's life has a way of doing that to all of us. And if we're not careful, we can become so jaundiced in our vision and we can become so jaded in our attitude that even when somebody says something good, 
We just flip it over our shoulders and say, yeah, I've heard that before. The truth is that if I'm going to finish with joy, I've got to make sure I know what it's all about. And I need to make sure that I'm seeing clearly. Amen. God, help me. I need to stay under the right leadership. I need to stay under the right direction. I don't need to be directed by my fears. I need to be led by my faith. Amen. I said I don't need to be directed by my fears. I need to be led by my faith. Fear has a way of driving you. It has a way of dogging you. But if you can stay under the right leadership, the right direction, he who trusts himself will surely fall, but he who dies and submits himself and lets the Holy Ghost direct his life, what a difference it will make. And last but not least of all is that no matter what happens, no matter what happens, you have to keep living by faith. Amen. I don't understand it, but I trust him. I don't know why, but I trust him. I don't know how, but I trust him. Amen. If he could get you to where you are tonight, I have no doubt that he can get you through what you're facing in your future. So there's no reason for you to start doubting him tonight and wondering, does he know where I'm at? Absolutely. Is he aware of what's going on in my life? Without doubt. We advance in life by faith, not by sight. And faith enables us to look at life from the right perspective and understand that all things... Work together. Say that with me. All things work together. All things. None of these things move me, Paul said. Now he says, all things work together for the good to them. Amen. Who are what? The called according to his purpose. And his purpose always leads through Jerusalem. And there is no Jerusalem without a cross. There is no Jerusalem without a death. And there is no Jerusalem without a resurrection. Hallelujah. Amen. When you look at things from the right perspective, neither death, nor life, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, shall by any means separate me from the love of God. Amen. Aren't you thankful that there's something that can keep you in the midst of darkness and unknown and keep you moving in the right direction? Oh, that I might finish my course with joy. Amen. To finish my course with joy. To not be afraid of what is before me. But to go boldly into that future knowing that God has ordered and ordained every step of the way. Stand with me if you will.
when the Roman general Pompey was warned against the danger of returning to Egypt or returning from Egypt to Italy to meet a new trouble in his own land, his heroic answer was this. It is a small matter that I should move forward and die. It is a small matter that I should move forward and die. It is too great a matter that I should take one step backward and live. I would rather go forward and die than to go backward and live in doubt and fear and worry and anxiety and stress. Because if I die, I live. Amen. I mean, how good can it get, folks? If you'll just keep going, he's going to keep you going. Amen. No matter how dark, no matter how uncertain, no matter how unknown the future may be, he's there. He's been there. He'll be there. And when you get there, he's not going to leave you. Amen. He's going to walk through every step of the way. Guided by his hand, directed by his presence. What a way to live. None of these things move me. I I don't know about you, but that's kind of been the prayer that's been rolling over in my spirit all day long. God, help me to be in that place where none of these things move me. They don't disturb me. They don't frighten me. They don't scare me. They don't, they don't make me go to Facebook and, and have a meltdown. Amen. Yeah. They, they, they don't make me pop another Zantac or Xanax or whatever else people pop so we can cope. Amen. But we go forward knowing that he's there. That's all that I really need to know. He's there. Amen. He's here right now. But he's really going to be there when I get there. Amen. Finishing with joy. That's what I pray all of us would desire. You're not going to do it without a few heartaches. You're not going to do it without some unknowns. You're not going to do it without a few tears. But tears don't last forever. Amen. And I know a heart mender. Amen. I know a heart fixer. I know a comfort that's, I I know a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you've gone through, no matter what's out there that you can't seem to figure out, just keep going. Amen. Keep walking. Keep trusting Him. Go courageously. Amen. Go boldly. God's going to be with you. Lift your voice with me right now. Let's praise Him together. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence here tonight, God. Thank you for the word that is alive and quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword piercing. Lord, even to dividing asunder of soul and spirit and is a discerner of the thought and intent of the heart. God, you know where we're headed and you know what is there because you are there. And I pray that we will never forget that. 
In the name of Jesus, everybody said amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be afraid of what is before you. Amen. God bless you. I love you. Thank you for being here tonight. See you this weekend.